Welcome to the Prince Manasseh Achu podcast. Prophet Manasseh Achu is the general overseer of the Watered Garden Church in Ghana, West Africa. Thank you for joining us for another power-packed session. Through the teaching of God's word and the ministration of the spirit, we restore God's glory in mankind. Enjoy the transformational power of God's word as you listen to today's message. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for tonight. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified in this house. You are beautiful beyond description. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. Thank you, Master and King, King of creation. Our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Lift up your hands everywhere. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see the Lord coming to you. I see the Lord coming to you. I see the Lord coming to you. Lift up your hands, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. It's because the Lord delights in you. It's because He delights in us. He has designed ask for a habitation open your mouth and open your spirit and receive of the Lord receive from the hand of the Lord what he has for you the best wine for the last what eye has not seen, ear has not heard, no heart can conceive what the Lord has prepared for you. But he has revealed it to us by his spirit. For the spirit is such at all things, yeah, the deep things of God. For what knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man that is in him. So the things of God know no man except the spirit. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things we speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but in words with the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing the spiritual with the spiritual. But a natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually descent. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. And yet he himself is judge of no man. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. 
that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Open your lips and prophesy. Holy Amara Masusravas Kema Lasravas Shayano Romosan Ulukuria Neriana Rasava Osma Makamakala Koroshenos This is beautiful. What I has not seen. Eye has not seen what has been prepared for you tonight. No mind has conceived. It was in a mystery of God. It was hidden in all ages. It's now been revealed. It's now been revealed. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. Ye have received and we are crying. Paul quickly robed himself inside because he's talking about sonship here. The spirit himself Buried witness. This is joint witness. Our spirit is bearing witness. And the Holy Ghost is bearing witness that we are children of God. When I got born again, it was an assumption. I didn't think I was born again. I knew that I was born again. Because my spirit was bearing witness. And the Holy Ghost also is bearing witness with my spirit. That I'm a child of God. And if children then urge. Heirs of God and joined us with Christ. The Bible says the reason why you're a child of God is so you will be heir. Or if truly you are born of God, then you inherit your father. It says the Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs. The word heir means an inheritor. Some of you don't know you got an inheritance in God. Are you a child of God? Yes, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God for emphasis. And joint us together with Christ. It says if you don't know how an heir of God is supposed to live, look at your brother Jesus. You inherit all of God. All the glory of God, you are entitled to it. 
That is the title deed on your inheritance. That's the title deed on your salvation. And the Bible says because we are children, he gave us the spirit of his son. We read here that the one who fashioned us for glory, for all this thing, is God. And he's given us a foretaste, a down payment of the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Ghost himself becomes our foretaste of glory. Becomes the first part of the inheritance. Because the fullness of God, God the Father himself in all his glory, Jesus in all his glory, plus the Holy Ghost himself, or whom the Holy Ghost himself, all of them forms the scope of our inheritance. And he said, if we are children, then we are heirs. God sent me here to say to every child of God that you are an heir. You are an heir. You are an inheritor. Oh, come on. May faith arise in your heart like an Israelite knows that I can never be in bondage to no man. I'm a Jew. I'm a son of Abraham. And they boast about it. You ought to know that you are a child of God and you are an inheritor of God. You are an heir of God. Heirs of God and joint us together with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him that we may be glorified also together. And the Amplified Version starts the next verse with, and what of that? He said, if we suffer with Christ, we are glorified with him. And then he said, what of that? What of that? If you have to suffer for Christ, what of that? If you have to carry your cross, what about that? What of that? You don't even have to talk about it. That's no suffering. Our light affliction, which is bad for a moment. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that are seen, while we are not conscious of the suffering, but we look at the glory, the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen, they are temporal. But what is being worked out in you is eternal weight of glory. What of that? For I reckon, for I judge, for I consider, that the sufferings of this presence is not worthy. He said, don't even mention it. There's no believer, not even Matthias, not even people who are beheaded for Christ. Don't even talk about it. There's no suffering that is even worth mentioning. When you look at the glory that is being worked out, you won't even talk about it. Listen, we in Ghana here, we don't know what suffering and persecution is for Christ. Because what Paul went through and the apostles, what people went through and they call it light affliction, yours is not even an affliction. Sometimes people come to me and say, prophet, how did you make it to this point? I say, I don't really get it. Were there times in your life when you were discouraged, when you felt like giving up? I mean, was it not very difficult for you? Yes, obviously in everybody's life, sometimes you get overwhelmed. But I've never at any point in time felt I'd suffered for Christ. Maybe because of my understanding into the sufferings of Christ. Because I chose martyrdom. And the Lord said, I got another plan for you. So I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody slapped me or somebody insulted me or somebody gossip. Gossip is not persecution. It's not suffering for Christ. The way he look at me. A prophet, you are not a lady, so you don't know what it means. When a lady looks, when they look at you like that. Honey, that's not a suffering. That's not a suffering. That's not even a persecution. I mean, that's not persecution. You know what I'm talking about? 
go to South Kaduna and see people being beheaded. Christian communities, many people slaughtered and slaughtered for Christ. People who will not renounce Christ, who love not their life unto death. People who are not just witnesses of the glory but witnesses of the sufferings not witnesses as they saw him suffer but they shared in people who say i bear the mark of christ in my body now listen people think that this whole thing is a joke like some religion and wages just so uh, you see i'm not very religious like you people they don't know what they're talking about this is not a religion we're talking about life from the dead we're talking about bearing in our body the dying of the lord that his glory also will be revealed in us people don't understand that when it comes to glory we are talking about the weight we're talking about degrees and intensity glory is really nothing when you don't talk about the intensity and the weight of glory because everything has some glory and i'm telling you that there is a weight of glory and that's what we must insist on we must allow the anointing to build layer upon layer we must allow the glory to build we must allow the weight that's what paul said that i may know him did he not know jesus all the years of his life and his ministry when he had encounters with god caught up to the third heaven when he did all that he said no that i may know him the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering until i'm made conformable unto him in his death i want to resemble jesus in his death i want to suffer the way he suffered i want to suffer to the extent to which jesus suffered because i want to enjoy the glory that he enjoys and i want you to know that if you love your life you will lose it but if you lose your life you will get it for i reckon that the sufferings of the present they are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us did you just see that did you just see that honey we're not just talking about the glory of god all by himself creation strangely is not waiting for the manifestation of the son of god creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god is it not strange that the moon the sun the earth the heavens the angels are not waiting for the manifestation of jesus he manifested already what they are waiting for is the manifestation of the sons of god we are not talking about the glory of god god revealing himself to them no 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 you see let me say this to you i explained to you that the medium of expression is as important as the expression itself the medium through which God communicates and ministers or reveal himself is as important as important as the revelation of his glory himself so there was a time that God worked through vacuum awaiting the fullness of time where he will operate through the vessels that were appointed unto glory God intended from time immemorial from the beginning that man should be his dwelling place that man should be the expression of his glory that's why he chose a man 
Jesus, that in him all fullness should dwell, that the fullness of the Godhead should dwell bodily in a man. And that is why back in heaven, in the Godhead, when you see God the Father, you see God the Holy Ghost, you see a man in the Godhead. God has always desired to use us. And ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a glory that shall be revealed in us. And everybody in this conference, we are not talking about looking at a cloud. Sweetheart, I'm not talking about glory cloud coming into the service. That's good, but there's something greater. I'm not talking about what Moses saw. <laughs> I'm not talking about what Abraham saw. I'm talking about what the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the prophets and the angels begged to see. I'm talking about what they begged. They begged to see just one of our days. They didn't want to see everything, just one of our days. I'm talking about the greater than the Solomons. Solomon built a house, gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver. The building cost over $500 million. And God came in in a cloud and later told him, you know something, I don't dwell in temple made with hands. But if this, our tabernacle were dissolved, we have a house of God not made with hands. And in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with a house. Not that we are praying that we should be unclothed, but that we should be clothed with that house we have on high. So that mortality is swallowed by life. There is a glory that will be revealed in you. And one of the things that will happen is mortality will be swallowed. Now you are complaining of sickness. A time is coming. In that city, no one shall say I'm sick. Weakness, infirmity will live. Because when he brought forth his people with silver and gold, there was not one feeble person among their tribe. We will operate at the faculty of God, the mind of Christ. We will move by the Spirit. We will be like the law. We'll be truly prophetic through apostles, through prophets, people who know the will of God, the intents, the feelings of God, the heart of God, people who are like God. Bible says in that day, the least of them shall be like David and the greatest of them shall be like the angel of God, like God himself. The least of us will be like David. The least of us will be like David. The least of you shall be like like David the least of us shall be like David sweetheart I've had a lot of encounters a lot of visitations and I thank God for every revelation because as we look into the glory we are transformed but you see that's just a means to one end ladies and gentlemen it's not just about seeing the glory it's about the glory that shall be revealed in us I see that glory that you feel, that glory that you sense, that glory that you see. I see him work that glory into your being. I see your spirit man and your soul and your body being transformed like unto his glorious body. As we burn the image of the earthy, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly. For us are the earthy, so are they that are of the earth. As is the heavenly, so are them that are of heaven. The first Adam was just a living soul. The last Adam, a quickening spirit. I see a divine life. And we are competent dispensers. Competent dispensers. Able ministers of the divine life. We carry the very life and the very thoughts and the very emotions. We carry the spirit of God. We carry the life of God. And there's a glory building in us. There's a glory about to be revealed in us. There's a glory that shall be revealed in you. A glory will be revealed in you. The wisdom of God. The love of God. The kindness of God. The peace of God. The faith of God. 
the strength of God, the spirit of might, the spirit of understanding, the favor of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God. When you are coming, goodness will be coming. When you parade yourself, glory will parade itself. I see God's glory being revealed in us. revealed in us now the scan machine is seeing some lump now the test is showing some disease but you are leaving this service by the impartation of the Holy Ghost by the impartation of divine life by the encounter with glory and by the transformational power of the Holy Ghost you will leave this service and no MP shall be in your blood your hormones will behave according to the rhythm of heaven your nerves will be the nerves of the Lord your blood circulation will be according to the rhythm of God your heartbeat will be the heartbeat of God your body shall receive the strength of an angel the Holy Spirit just showed me something I saw that we left the service and an angel of the Lord cornered somebody and started giving him instructions. Like the way the angel of God cornered Manwa's wife and said, you have been barren, but now you shall be pregnant and you are going to have a son and this boy shall be called Samson. He shall not drink wine. No razor should touch his head. Because from the day he's born to the day he dies, he shall be a Nazarite unto God. I see the call of God. I see the call of God upon your life, calling you to the most holy things, into the most holy place, into the most sacred, into the most holy, into the glory. I see God saying, Ha! Listen, while people carry the Nazareth vow for three years, and some swear the Nazareth vow for five years, and after that they can go back to their vain life, this child, from the day he's born to the day he dies, he shall be a Nazarite unto the Lord. And now, though you woman, you are not a child. You need to understand that you're part of the plan and you must prepare the way. Some of you, you may not see the ultimate, but your children will. And you must be willing to pay the price of sanctification, of sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, things don't just happen. They are caused to happen. And you need to understand that there are protocols of the spirit. Glory doesn't just appear. There are protocols to glory. There must be a demand on the deep things of God. We can't continue fishing in shallow waters. We must learn to the deep, to the mind of God. All over the world, people are inquiring diligently. We call it research. They are researching. And my Bible tells me, the Old Testament prophets, they researched. They inquired diligently. What manner of time that grace was going to come upon those kind of people. It is time to research, 
to say, I want to find the mind of the spirit. It's time to go to the backside of the desert, looking for God far from the muddy crowd. It's time to have encounters and say, I want this God to speak to me. Listen, since yesterday I've been asking God, God, command it, Lord. Command me, Lord. Just command me. I have realized, I have found out by experience that the easiest thing for me to do are the things that God commands me to do. Even when you want to break a habit and you cannot break it, just let God command you. I can assure you, if you don't fear anything, you will fear that voice. And I say, God, just speak to me. Just talk to me. And God is ready to say some things to some people. But if only you will listen. If only you will pay the price. He said, you know what? Somebody is coming. And if you care to know, if you respect what is coming, then you yourself, you must not drink wine or strong drink. Because this child will be special. His ministry is for the whole Israel. He will begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Hitherto the Israelites were slaves to the Philistines. And the Bible says Manuel's wife came to the husband and said, Well, I don't know why I had an encounter and not you. But there was a man of God. He didn't know he was an angel. There was a man of God who came to me. His face was as terrible as an angel. In other words, there were certain men in those days who were as anointed as angels. You don't know what I'm talking about. So much so that you can mistake an angel for them. He said, a man came here. There was thunder in his face. There was lightning in his face. He looked so terrible. Heavily anointed. This man of God told me that I will carry a holy seed. I will carry an unusual child. And then he gave me some instructions. He says, this child will be a Nazareth. So, not just the child, but I should not take any drink. You are pregnant with something. And you are pregnant with the destinies. Not just your destiny. Not just the destiny of your biological children. I'm talking about nations. Nations. The Bible says there was a woman called Rebecca. She was barren. And then the husband prayed for him. Isaac was a man of prayer. Sometimes Isaac would go meditating. And uh, you know, one of the nights that he went to meditate, then he saw the camels coming. And God gave her a very beautiful wife. Then the devil said, you know what? You can get a wife but not a child and for years there was no child but God has a way of using our troubles to create a stronger desire God has a way of using our circumstance our long abstinence to create to heighten our desire so this man began to crave not just for an ordinary child but a supernatural child and then she became pregnant when she became pregnant then the trouble started and he said, I thought I was pregnant. I thought it's well with me. So he went to inquire of the Lord. If it is well with me, because the prophecy says it's well with you. If it's well with me, why am I does? And the word of the Lord came to him. Honey, the reason why you have a lot of trouble is not because you don't have a seed. It's actually because you have seed. But you don't just have one child inside you. You have two. They are not just twins. Two nations are inside you. And interestingly, these two nations are opposed to each other. Some of you, the confusion in your life is not really because you are useless. It's because what you are carrying is a little bit bigger than you yourself. And what you have. So the confusion is okay. You are not the first person to be confused. You are not the first person to be in this state. And the Bible says, Man was said to the husband, These are the instructions I received. Then the man of God went to God. Man was, he said, 
I may not see the angel. I may not see the man of God. I may not have the visitation. But can you send that man of God back to us to show us how we should order the step of this child? Listen, this prophecy. What is going to happen tonight is when you leave this service, you will see a hand holding you. And when you go in the way, he will tell you left, right. This is the way. For as many as are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are the sons of God. I see the Holy Ghost take over your life. I see him lead you into glory. From glory to glory, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. I see God lead you into something beyond your imaginations, your wildest dreams. I see the Holy Ghost showing you how you must order your steps. How you must order that business. How you must order the ministry. How you must order those children. Because this one is a proper child. And this one is a proper child. This one is a proper child. Some of you have handled many things. But this one is a proper one. This business is a proper one. This ministry is a proper one. This gift is a proper one. This opportunity is a proper one. This is a beautiful one. And the Lord sent the man of God, the angel. The husband was working in the field again. And the angel appeared. And Manwa's wife ran. I said, Master, the man of God who came to me the other day has appeared again. And then they came. He said, Sir, were you the man who spoke to the woman? I said, Yes. He said, Tell us how we should order. I see the Holy Ghost showing you by the anointing you have received of Him, abided in you. That you need no man to teach you. But as that same anointing is true and it's not a lie. And as that same anointing has taught you, so abide in it. Your anointing will teach you how to do ministry. The anointing itself will teach you about your anointing. The anointing will show you what your anointing doesn't like. It will show you what your anointing likes. It will show you how to create an environment for your anointing. The anointing will teach you. The anointing teaches. Listen, the anointing does not only empower, it teaches. The anointing will make you skillful. The anointing will put you over. The anointing will give you the edge. The anointing will bring you into excellence. The anointing will teach you. The Holy Ghost is a teacher. That's his job. He's a helper. This is for all of us, including the weak. Ladies and gentlemen, Bible says, likewise the Spirit also himself helping our infirmities. He will help our weakness. The man said, everything I told a woman, she should observe. But then the angel added something that he didn't say initially. At least, he clarified what he said at first. First he said, don't drink wine or strong drink. But the second time he says, don't eat anything from the vine. The level you are desiring in glory will require some disciplines. I tell you the number of ladies that eat their last meal at 4 o'clock because they want to remain sleek for somebody to spot them you ought to know the discipline this Olympic medalist 
go through just to win a crown or a wreath that is perishable. They do it for perishable crown. We do it for an imperishable. Where God is taking us to is his deep chamber. The Holy Ghost is taking you to the deep things of God. And you must learn to discern all things. The spiritual man judges all things. There is an exploration. A journey into God. Into the deep things of God. And we must be able, we should be able to have our discernment sharpen and pay certain price. Price of sanctification because of where we're going. It's a now. You're not going to eat anything that comes from the vine. Because this boy will be a Nazarite. Alright? Let's try this. He started to keep the instructions. And the spirit of the Lord started tearing him up. In his camp at Dan. Between Dan and Eshtal. And when the time of his manifestation came. This frail man would carry iron gates of cities, would kill thousands of enemies. There is something coming on your life. There's a glory that shall be revealed in us, and the sufferings of the present, the disciplines of the present, they are not worthy to be compared with the glory. That shall be revealed in us. The glory is not only coming upon you. It will be revealed in you. There's a glory in you. There's a glory that must be revealed. And listen. Everybody can walk in his glory. But I'm telling you. The reason why your thumbprint is different. Why your retina is different from every other human being. Even if you are twins. They say some twins are so identical that even their brain. But there are some things that cannot be the same. There are some things, your thumbprint, your retina. And one more thing. Everybody can carry some glory. You may look at it, that anointed man of God and you wish you were him. No, 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 no. You carry something very unique and special that he in all his glory cannot have. We still talk about Solomon today. And the Bible says Solomon in all his glory. is not arrayed like one of these lilies. He's talking about us. The glory on the believer. Solomon in all his world. Couldn't be as beautiful as a child of God. The Bible says we shall be men wondered at. Men of whom the earth is not worthy. I saw that in my Bible. The people were complaining, God, what is that guy still doing there? They said, the earth doesn't deserve them. They said, what is that man doing there? They're talking about Enoch. What is that man doing there? The earth doesn't deserve him. And I can see here that there are people in this congregation. And people in this earth. Your tears of intercession, the earth doesn't deserve it. Your fastings, the earth doesn't deserve it. Your sacrifice, the earth doesn't deserve it. And yet, 
you are given to the world you know how sometimes they think that is so much a great thing if we partake of the eternal thing they don't know the weight of spiritual things and we are pouring out of our souls as offerings there is a glory that shall be revealed in us and the next verse says for the earnest expectation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God creation is not waiting for the manifestation of Jesus creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God there is something about to be revealed in you that creation hasn't seen okay prophet can you give us another scripture to convince us that there's something we can give to creation that Jesus didn't give to creation yes i'll give you ephesians 3 10 to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of god you don't get it one day jesus called all the angels in heaven and started a lecture on grace when they finished michael looked at gabriel and said did you understand it he said charlie not himself they never understood grace until god said okay let me show you what grace means we who were gentiles dead in trespasses and sins forgotten not good for anything when god began to deal with us michael said i got it gabriel said i'm getting it but more than that the bible says there's coming some glory that will be revealed in you that will be revealed in me that the sounds and the waves the sunlight the raindrops the heavens and the earth cannot wait for the bible says the earnest expectation that great word means creation is tiptoeing with its neck stretched out For your manifestation you are the only person who thinks there's a lot of time to waste creation can't wait you are the only person who is deferring the glory creation can't wait you are the only person who is delaying creation can't wait it has had its neck stuck out until the neck is becoming stiff when will you shine arise and shine for your light has come the glory of the lord is risen upon you ladies and gentlemen the good news is that is why God chose excellent glory. Ladies and gentlemen, for the creature itself was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but him that has subjected the same in hope. Look at verse 23, you're going to like it. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God everything you see today is a corrupted version disjointed out of purpose there are two things that are essential for glory one is the essence two is the right placement you see when you take this eyeball out of its socket it's almost useless because it will function at 
optimum where it is. You can scientifically take it out, connect the nerves, and put it maybe by the waist. But apart from the fact that you look like a wild and a strange creature, like a freak, apart from the fact that you look wild, the glory is lost. The true glory of the eye cannot be seen because it can't see from here properly as it could see from here. Creation is getting back into purpose. Many things have been created, but they have been corrupted. Some are adulterated. Some are impure because inferior substance has been added to them. Some have been diverted from the original purpose. But ladies and gentlemen, there's something called the purpose of God, the original purpose of God. There is an orbit in which every star must shine. And many stars are out of their orbit. But creation is coming back to alignment. And ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that not just us, but creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Let's finish. Look at the next verse. 22. We know that the whole creation groaned and traveled in pain up to now. You don't understand this. Creation is not only having his neck stuck out. They are not murmuring. They are not complaining. There's a difference between groan and complain. They are not just crying. They are not just praying. They are groaning. We travel. They groan and travel in pain up to now. Look at verse 23. Not only they, but we also, who have received the first fruit of the Spirit, we got a down payment. So there's glory in our spirit. But our body say, I'm sick. Our body still craving for sin. So creation is groaning. And we too, we are groaning. Groaning within ourselves. Waiting for adoption. Adoption here, the word is full ransom in Greek. That's the meaning. The adoption there is full ransom. That's for redemption actually. Adoption there is the placement of sons. We are groaning, waiting to be placed as sons of God. Sweet, that when we say sons of God, we are talking about people like angels. Bible says when we die, we are like sons of God, we are like angels. So the son of God here is talking about where we have spiritual bodies like God himself. And the Bible is saying we are groaning that one with these cravings of the flesh and the weakness, we want to pray but we have an infirmity. You pray a little and you are tired. Look at it. We have to close this service because you have to go to work. The children are at home. So no matter what God is doing here, we try to close. The flesh poses a lot of limitations sometimes you just want to flow sometimes alexander will go on a long fast and when he's about to break he say ah, 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 ah i'm coming back to food and she's not pretending the thing is the only reason why she has to break is when you continue fasting you're going to die because the body is not yet immortal that is why we are groaning for adoption are we not adopted we are sons of god but we are talking about sonship in our body so we are groaning in ourselves waiting for adoption to wait the redemption of our body and the redemption here is the word for full ransom we have the first part of the payment down payment you see the holy ghost is the earnest 
of our redemption. You know you are already saved. Your spirit is saved. Your soul is being saved. Your body will be saved. Your body will be born again. It will be recreated. He will change our vile body to be fashioned like unto his glorious body. And we are groaning. Not that we should be unclothed. We know when we die, we'll be like the Lord. But not that one. We want to be clothed upon. Paul said, I want to experience resurrection while I'm still in this body. So that mortality will be swallowed up by life. To wait the redemption of our bodies. Go ahead. We are saved by hope. By hope that is seen. It's no hope. For what a man seeth, what doth he hope? So the hope there is not forlorn. Our hope has substance. Hope doesn't delude. It doesn't disappoint. When we say hope, the unbeliever's hope is different from our hope. When an unbeliever tells you, I hope so, <laughs> he's telling you, I don't think so. I don't believe so. <laughs> but our hope does not delude. It does not make a shame. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. This hope has substance. Actually, we are saved by this hope. This hope here is not a forlorn hope. It's joyful expectancy. This is the romance of love. You know, two weeks after the wedding, then she had to travel. And she, she was away for like three months. And she's coming back. And you are counting the days. And counting the days. And then they say at 6 p.m. Or at 8 p.m. She's landing with uh, British Highways or with uh, KLM or with BA. And uh, you are counting down. And then it's 18 hours. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then they say the plane has touched ground. And then uh, you are the waiting area. And then uh, uh, before you see a Lebanese has appeared, you say, not that one. And then before you see another short one has appeared, you say, not this one. Before you see another tall one has appeared, say, not this one. And then... <laughs> That's how our salvation is. That's why a believer who doesn't have the hope of salvation, we wonder if you are really saved. There's a knowing, there's a jaw. I can't wait. Give me all the gold in the world. I can't wait for the coming of the Lord. You know, sometimes I hear some sisters say, when they say Jesus is coming, so they say, let me marry first. I say, you are not even reading your Bible. That's your two by four marriage. It cannot be compared with the glory of the bridegroom that is coming. <laughs> yeah. The bridegroom that is coming. You will forget that your wedding, that your two by four wedding is coming. It's coming. I hear in heaven, I hear in heaven, you know, a lot of things happen, a lot of activities happen in heaven. But I hear that when Jesus is coming, you will just hear somebody say, He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And then you hear a mighty sound in heaven. Everybody shouting, He's coming. He's coming. Then the next verse says, But if we hope for that we see, for what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Uh -huh, let's go ahead. Likewise, the spirit. Now he said, Creation is groaning. Then he said, Not only creation, everybody's praying, everything's praying, the trees, the mountains, the rivers, they are all praying just to see our manifestation. Now, and then we too, we are groaning to see our manifestation in the flesh. And then, likewise, the spirit also. Help our infirmities. Because when we are praying, we don't even know what to pray for. And when we decide on what we want to pray, we don't know how to pray it worthily. But he meets us halfway. And jointly makes intercession 
with us with groanings so creation is groaning we are groaning and the holy spirit is groaning the creation is growing for one reason you see i said here the other day that when you go to the labor ward and the woman is shouting ajay the father is even saying ajay he's able to think and even say ajay correctly means it hasn't gotten there yet when he gets to the place i'm sorry i've not given birth before but i know this for sure when he gets to the place your thinking is superseded your reasoning so you can't say ajay you groan you are making strange noise and creation is groaning this is beyond what creation could ever articulate this is beyond what any man could ever say in words so creation is groaning and we too though we have the first fruit of spirit we are groaning alexina groans pastor sydney groans I look at the frustration of my flesh. Actually, we are like the Lord. But the flesh makes us look like the devil. And sometimes we look at the contradictions in our life. And we groan. And we groan. Something wants expression. Out of our belly wants to come rivers of living water. The life of God wants to flow out. It wants to gasp forth. And our flesh say, oh, eat a little. Sleep some more. Not time to read the Bible. Oh, you are praying too much. It's not time to fast. It's not time to give. Oh, but you have responsibilities. You have children to take care of. Oh, you must be balanced. You must not be too spiritual. You must be balanced. You are getting too much into the spirit. Ah, uh, this one is a little bit too much. You must be organized. Then the frustrations of the flesh. But ladies and gentlemen, that's why we are groaning. That's where we are groaning. But I tell you, the Holy Ghost also is groaning. Listen. For once, I can tell you that the Holy Spirit, looking at the magnitude of the glory and what God has for you, he shakes his head and is not able to say anything but groan. Ladies and gentlemen, where we are getting to is a very serious place. If the Holy Ghost is groaning, because God has words, every expression can come in vocabulary. God is a master of words. We compare spiritual words with their appropriate spiritual expressions. But when you see God groaning, the Holy Ghost goes into the deep things of God and gets shocked and looks at God again. You mean for these guys? He said, yes. He said, God, did I hear well? You say all this for them. Then God says yes. Then the Holy Ghost says, Oh. Then the Lord shows him the plan, the death of the council, the riches of his glory, all for you. Listen, your prayer words may not be praying for you well, but even if it's just one hour they spend to pray, as they've grown. There is a senior prayer warrior.
and his groanings are not just rumblings they make sense because he prays according to God our Bible says according to the will of God but the original says according to God <laughs> the word according means in accordance with in proportion relating to there's something coming from God and the right words must convey and you have the right man praying the right prayers for you honey that's how come I know you will live and not die that's how come I know you will prosper and not be a failure that's how come I know that it is well with you that how come I know that you are blessed and you cannot be cursed and when Holy Spirit prays for you what happens is in the next verse he that searches the hearts knows what's the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God and when the Holy Ghost makes intercession for you according to the will of God this is what it means it's like fuel injection you know the difference between the carburetor and the fuel injector? With a fuel injector, it just releases just the amount of fuel that is needed per time to move the engine. When the Holy Ghost prays for you, he prays according to the will of God. He measures your temptations and measures your strength. He measures your grace according to your circumstance. He measures your anointing according to the magnitude of your assignment. That's why I don't have to worry about my assignment. Because the same God who called me, he will see me through. You don't have to think about sponsors. There is sponsorship waiting for you. If you're not convinced, look at the next verse. For we know that all things I was preaching recently and under a strong anointing i said i see something working for you i says i see something working good for you i said i see something working good for you then i stopped i said no i'm sorry and everybody say are you serious right now you said you see something good working for us and then you say you are sorry i said i did a mistake and everybody was listening i said did i just say i see something working something good working for you then I said, no. All things are working together for you. You think the devil is fighting you. He's pushing into the will of God. You think your husband is frustrating you. He's working the character of Christ in you. You think your subordinates don't want to respect you. God is teaching you humility. You think God is giving you too many difficult tasks. God is teaching you leadership and wisdom. He's teaching you how to solve problems. Everything is working for your good. To them who are called according to purpose. When a man is called according to purpose. The Holy Ghost intercedes. According to the will of God. And you see. You don't have to think too hard. Because he that searches the heart. Knows the mind of the spirit. <laughs> it's not interesting to know that the mind of the spirit is in our heart. 
we have the mind of Christ. Strange. When God wants to know the mind of the Spirit, he doesn't go to the Holy Ghost. He comes into your heart. I told you before that God used to have his secret place, his manufacturing room under the earth. Where Shoal and Hades and a bottomless pit, we have regions of the dark. Everything that comes on the earth is first created in the unseen parts, unseen places, the lower regions. And everything that lives here originally goes back there. When Eden, Garden of Eden left the earth, they went under the earth. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that Eden and all the trees of Eden will be comforted in the nether parts or in the lower parts of the earth. So that was what became paradise. And when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he moved the whole of paradise where all the righteous souls were. The Garden of Eden was what moved under the earth to be paradise under the earth for all the righteous soul. When Jesus went in there, he said, you know what? This thing you see here is that a shadow of the man himself. The tree of life, this is the man himself. That one is just a, it's just a shadow. This is the man himself. And then he led captivity captive and transferred paradise to heaven when he transferred paradise to heaven he transferred God's secret place secret chambers to heaven but when he received deity into humanity immediately God can come to live in a man everything that jesus received now a man on earth can receive it that's why he says it's not in the abyss for you to say who go get it it's not in heaven for you to say who go and bring it it's near thee it's in your mouth and in your heart so god's secret place is not in heaven to go look for that's why you don't have to go to some far mountain we don't have to go to jerusalem or to that mountain we just worship in the spirit since then god's secret place has been here i told you already that your spirit was created to contain god so we have the recesses the deep of your spirit as big as god himself or even probably bigger to contain the whole glory of god so ladies and gentlemen as the holy spirit set the deep things of god now god also you have chambers in your inner man and god decided to put his secret place in your chambers and when God wants to manufacture things, listen very carefully. The things I'm telling you is not heresy. It is true. It's biblical. God said, I have covered you with a shadow of my hands and put my word in your mouth that I may create the heavens. Isaiah 51 verse 16. The new heaven God is going to create. He's not going to speak it out. It's going to come out of the church. It's going to come out of you. He says, I put my Holy Spirit on you and put my word in you that I may plant the heavens and that I may lay the foundation of the earth and say to Zion, that Zion, that are my people. You need to understand something. God used to do things all by himself. But now, he does it through the church. And he is going to put his spirit in your mouth called prophecy. Put his spirit over you. Put his word in your mouth. And then you are going to create. Now let me close with this. In your heart are chambers. He that's Search at the heart knows what's the mind of the spirit. The mind of the spirit is not in your heart. It's near thee. It's not back in your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Out of it are the flow of life. The life of God flows out of your heart now. And the Bible says. The word of the Lord is alive. 
The word is Zao, which means alive and living, active. Sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrows. Honey, it's even difficult to separate the marrow from the bones. But when you come to the joints and the marrows, they are inseparable. Just like your soul and your spirit are inseparable. The Bible says that the word of the Lord is able to go into the recesses and separate the soulish feelings. What is our feeling and what is our life, irrespective of our spiritual experience, our soul. And then the spiritual dimension of our life, which is our spirit. The word of God is able to separate them and say, these are soulish thoughts, soulish feelings. This is just the mind of a man. This is just the emotions of a man. Why should that happen? Because thoughts have tangibility. Thoughts have life. Everything starts with thoughts. They are very tangible. So there must be a separation between the holy thoughts the divine thoughts that are in you and the natural thoughts that do not mean anything. The Bible says the word of God is able to divide them. Not only that, it says it's the descender of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What it does is it sifts your thoughts so you can know which one to engage, which one to disengage. Because some of the thoughts, they are harmful. And some of the thoughts, they, they are worthless. But there are some of the thoughts, they are actually the thoughts of God. They are as potent as the mind of God. They are as potent as the word of God. And the word of God in you descends those thoughts so you can engage them. And ladies and gentlemen, all I just said is that God's secret place is back here in your heart. And now, you can engage. You can take from God's secret place. You can know what God is doing. Shall I have from Abraham? That which I want to do. Seeing that he shall become a great nation. If I hide it from Abraham. I've hidden it from nations. God is raising some progenitors. Some fathers. God rebuke himself. For Abraham. Shall I hide from Abraham? What I want to do. Seeing he shall become a great nation. I know him. That he shall order his house after him. That I may perform the things I've spoken. God said he knows that you will facilitate prophecy. You will so align with the spirit. That his intents and his thoughts and his purpose will come to pass. So he said I cannot hide from you. There are some secrets God is revealing to us. I'm closing with this. Not just because he wants us to see visions. Or word of knowledge. Or prophecy. Is because we are co-liberous with God. And with the prophetic, we can capture the exact words of God. And speak like God. And have the same effect God's word has. And ladies and gentlemen, God spoke to me tonight. And said, there's coming a prophetic anointing. My spirit is going to hover upon these people. That what was impossible. Like Mary, who didn't know a man. Becoming pregnant and having a child. Because the spirit of the most high has overshadowed him. The spirit of God is coming upon you. Naturally, you couldn't speak the word of God. 
naturally you could not articulate in human language what the divine is saying but all of a sudden you have the tongue of the learned you may not be learned or educated physically but you will have the tongue of the spirit you will begin to understand the things of the spirit you will say what god is saying you will go where god is going let me close people say what is the secret i say there's no secret i don't have a secret the secret is this i look for what god is and i go where he is i look for where god is and i am where he is i look for where god is going and i go where he's going i look for what god is doing and i do what god is doing honey there's no secret there's no secret even god himself he has an orbit his orbit is his purpose his orbit is his spirit his orbit is his mind the bible says the person who can instruct god is the person who has the mind of christ because the mind of god goes ahead of god so if you know the mind of god you can instruct god you can say god no we are not going that way <laughs> i see people bringing the chariots into accra listen for the next three months we are going to change the world we are going to bring heaven the council of heaven the intent of heaven the kingdom of heaven the power of heaven the wisdom of heaven the leadership of heaven the understanding of heaven the power of heaven the healing of heaven the atmosphere of heaven somebody said to me today said i said to my friends i said you have to come yourself and experience it the atmosphere of glory we're bringing it to the earth the days where angel stepped out of heaven and they said they want to be here because they see that women have become too beautiful those days are repeating themselves but this time not fallen angels let me tell you iniquity has been purged and iniquity is finished no i'm serious so that thing cannot reoccur but it's going to reoccur in a different way where angels are going to look at people mortal men who are more beautiful than gold men who are more beautiful than gold and mortal men who are more beautiful than the golden wedge of offer i'm talking about believers and men who have brought down the atmosphere of heaven and the presence of the holy spirit more here on earth that the angels prefer to come and stay on earth here rather than heaven okay it may seem a little bit too far-fetched but i'll explain to you when gabriel got to nazareth the atmosphere of nazareth had changed because of purpose incarnation was going to take place in nazareth not in heaven it was going to take place in an atmosphere in nazareth 
in a woman's life, God is going to become a man in a woman. And that atmosphere was so beautiful that though Gabriel was not in heaven, he said, I am Gabriel standing in the presence of God. And I've been sent to bring you these glad tidings. That's what he told Zechariah. Because the atmosphere of heaven had come on earth. And so though he was on earth, he was still in the presence of God. By the way, some of you think God is more in heaven than he's on earth. Yes, for a while. But you need to understand that the action is here. And God is not trying to get us into heaven. God is trying to get here. And we will bring God here. By the way, the Holy Ghost is fully here. And Jesus is being formed here. It's not in heaven for thee to say who will go bring him. It's not in the abyss to go say who will bring him. Jesus is in our mouth and is in our heart. And is being formed. And Jesus will be formed absolutely here. And God the Father is coming here. And the time is coming where the chariots, there will be more chariots of God on earth here than they are in heaven. And in this next three months, God is raising prophets. God is raising strange beings. Men that are wondered at. Men who will say words and chariots will be moving. Yesterday, some chariots that were never on earth came to dance woman. They came to this house. But from tonight and the days that are coming, there are some chariots that will be coming. Some of you didn't know this story. Last year, December, God sent two men of God to Kumasi because Jesus was coming to Kumasi. And he sent two men of God. I was one of them. And when I got to Kumasi, there were nine to twelve chariots in Kumasi waiting for the master. And they were standing in groups of four. Four, four, between nine or twelve of them, like blue flames. With their faces towards one another. Standing still. And they never blinked. And I got to Kumasi as part of the envoys preparing the protocols for Jesus to visit the land. And when I got to Kumasi, I thought these chariots would be raising to and fro the land, doing what they were supposed to be doing. And I saw them standing still. They would not blink. Standing so still. And I said, Lord, what are these guys doing? They're supposed to be gallivanting moving to and fro this line see chariots are a little bit different from angels when you see chariots you see chariots are vehicles when you see chariots you're talking of heavy goods <laughs> and when you see chariots of god they are transporting heavy goods and when mighty revivals mighty waves mighty deposits from the deep things of god when sins have placed demand and there have been decree of the watchers to release the best portion, God sends heavy duty chariots. They were standing idle. They were standing. And I said, Lord, these chariots are supposed to be running to and fro to cause stirrings and revival. Why are they idle? And the Lord said to me, 
they are waiting for your evening service. When you start the prayer, when you start the worship, when you start preaching, when you start the ministration, they go at your command. The angels are not even waiting for the command of Jesus. You don't understand the voice of God is in the church. The Lord is gone up with a shout. And the Lord himself shall descend with a shout. There's a shout of the king in the midst of God's people. There's a holy sound and holy rumblings. The Bible says make joyful noise. Our noise is not a noise that makes a discord. It may be noise like the way our tongues doesn't make sense in the natural. But in the spirit, we speak mysteries. We are saying the exact words of the spirit. And there's a sound of heaven coming from the church. There's a sound from the throne coming from the church. There's a voice coming from Jesus. But it's actually coming from the church. Yesterday we heard that there's glory coming to the church by Jesus Christ. There's glory coming out of the church by Jesus Christ. Unto him that is able to do. And sitting abundantly above all that we ask and sing. According to the power of him that is at work in us. Now unto him be glory in the church. There's glory coming to God in the church. There's glory coming to God in the church. There's glory coming to God. Okay, I said in the church. I mean from you. There's a glory that will be revealed not just for creation but for God. There's God's glory being revealed. In you. Your words will be the shout of the Lord. Your prayers will be the groanings of the Holy Spirit. Your words will be prophecy. Now listen. The time is coming. Where our prayers. Will be the decree of the Holy Ones. Our prayers. Will be the demand of the watchers. They said Nebuchadnezzar was dragged from his throne. His heart became a beast. Because the holy ones were saying, what nonsense is that? Who is that man? He's too proud. God, bring him down. The holy ones made a demand. This is by the decree of the watchers. And ladies and gentlemen, don't worry about global leaders who are causing trouble. Don't worry about Boko Haram. Don't worry about El Shobab. They are just waiting for our provocation. When the church gets versed, then we'll make holy pronouncements. Literal fire will be falling from heaven on the head of people. I'm telling you, the spirit of judgment will come upon those. The spirit of judgment must come upon the kings of the earth. That say we cannot have peace. They will be humbled because some holy ones have said, dethrone him. Turn his heart into that of a beast. I see prophecy in your mouth. Be on your feet.
Thank you so much for listening. We believe this teaching has been a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast for life-defining and changing moments with the Holy Spirit. Follow us on all social media platforms at Prophet Prince Manasseh Achu and join the Prophet Sunday services at 9 a.m. See you next week.